Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Now, I once had a, a person come to me in recent years, and I remember them sitting in my office go, man, I just, I just want to be, I just want to be you. My goal is to be just like you in future years so I can help. Did you people. laugh maniacally? No, <laughs> no, but I'm like, good God, why do you want this? <laughs> be careful but, what you wish for. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But, you know, in thinking that I said, what? No, I don't want you to be me. I want you to be the very best of you for other people, because I don't want, don't pursue to be somebody you're not pursue to be the best version of you that you are. And, and every day we're striving to become better because you can impact other people, but you trying to mimic me doesn't help anybody. That's a, an unneeded stress and an unneeded uh, pursuit that really cannot exist well, because you're not built the way I am. You know, Randy, I remember you talking about, were you born in, you know, when somebody said, oh, I want to be like you. And you said, well, you, were you born in whatever it was? Yeah, well, the question I typically get asked is, well, tell me what to do. You know, like, like, what would you do? And I'm like, okay, well, were you born in Ada, Oklahoma in 1957 to Jeff and Becky Cantrell? No. Okay. Well, I was, so you're not me. So I want to talk about what you need. <laughs> That's right. So, but in the same concept, I don't, you know, I don't want, and you shouldn't want as our listeners to be like somebody else. Now you can choose to have traits similar to them or to display integrity like they do, or to be a great leader generally as somebody else, but don't try to mimic or be somebody else. Just lean in heavily to who you are. Randy, you focused with me a lot on that. Um, when we formed our relationship and you became my executive coach is you're not flawed. Just be the, be the best you, you can be lean into yourself. Don't try to mimic somebody else. Don't try to be somebody else. Be the best version of Lisa Norris that you can absolutely be and lean into your genuine self. Right. Uh, and it helps so much because one, it takes pressure off. It takes pressure off that I need to be like Cheryl or I need to be like Steve. I'm not. They think differently than I do. They act differently than I do. Steve and Cheryl are, are my uh, deputy city manager and our city manager. But it doesn't make me any worse or better. It doesn't make them worse or better. It just makes us all different. And different is great to me. Different. So what pressure were you at the time that we engaged in that first conversation about it. What, what, well, I think what was the pressure you were feeling? I think the natural instinct, I I've always been true to myself. Um, but you know, it, as we've talked through my journey and the challenges that have existed over time, um, challenges I was in, in the moment when you and I formed our relationship, um, that the, the biggest concern was there was so much chaos happening around me and for my team that is a pain because I do invest in people. And I could feel the pain in the team. And I took that on as my own. So then I began questioning, is am, is what I'm doing the right thing? Am I doing right by my team? Because I do believe in serving others. It is not about me. 
It is about my team. And if they are in pain and they are suffering, I've got to help them through that to get better. I, I got to figure out what's, what's it at the root of it. And we've got to solve the root problem so that it doesn't resurface and then build upon the strengths that you need to move them forward and through it. Um, so for me, I began questioning, are my methods right? Are my, am I contributing to the problem? Right. And how do I get out of that? So naturally you start thinking, is it me? Is it my style? Why do I want to keep leaning into myself if this isn't working? But honestly, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know what I'm doing is right. I just need to tweak. But you get foggy when you're tired and exhausted and you've been through this, you're persevering for long periods of time through the same pain that's recycling itself. You start um, losing, me, conf- about you start losing confidence. You know. That's right. And so um, for that, I just began questioning it. But I, rem- I, I, I don't think we were two or three sessions in. It was early. And I remember you saying, Lisa, just lean heavily into yourself. Just stay true to yourself and let's figure out the rest, you know? And we just began talking about, okay, what is, I can't remember how you phrased it, but you basically said, what's the burning issue at the moment? And each, each week we met, it was what's today's issue. And we didn't focus on this entire fix. We focused on an issue that needed fixed, right? That was hot in my mind at the moment, because each time we talked about it, a stressor came off. Each time I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as it seems. And you never gave solutions, but you asked enough questions. I'm like, well, what I was thinking, you're like, well, why, why wouldn't you want to do that? And we'd talk about it and then we'd role play and we do different things. And you're like, I think you found your answer. And I'm like, yeah, it's, that's where I was going. I don't know why it wasn't clear 30 minutes ago, (laughs) but you helped me see clarity. And, and, and through those moments of having somebody to talk to that, one that believed in me, which I knew you believed in me. And, and by Cheryl hiring you to help, she believed in me or she wouldn't have invested the dollars to do it. Right. So I had two people that I knew believed in me. And I honestly felt a team that believed in me because they had, they were following the, the ones left were following me everywhere. They would follow me into the flames if I asked them to, but they just wanted to survive them well. And so through that, that being genuine, being my genuine self, it gave me instilled confidence again, but I also learned I did need to tweak. And, um, before the show, you and I talked about this of, of being your genuine self, of being true to who you are, but being aware enough to, to change and modify. And that the quote that I read, if you guys don't mind, and we'll post it, just be yourself, let people see the real imperfect, flawed, quirky, weird, beautiful, magical person that you are. And it's so, it's so critical because we each are created different to think different, to act different. And if you are trying to change it because of the people around you, you're not around the right people. In my opinion, that's my thoughts, Randy. No, I agree. It's been attributed to Einstein, although there's never any evidence that he said it, but clearly some genius did say it. And Einstein certainly was that fish don't climb trees. And we've, we've referred to that quote before, and it speaks to capacity. It speaks to ability, but a lot of stuff that we're talking about seems to me is personality driven as a father. It's really easy for me. So now an older guy, my son turned 42 this year. So I've got this 
adult son who's been married a number of years. He's got three kids of his own. He's got his own business. And I look at him and I, I see parts of me, but I also see parts of, of Rhonda, my wife, and she and I are dramatically different people and, and wired very differently. We share some things, introversion being among them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I define introversion as where do you get your energy? She and I can get our energy from being alone. Mm-hmm. We're perfectly good with it. We're not uncomfortable being by ourselves. Our son, on the other hand, is this incredible social animal who, as a kid growing up, the punishment, the only punishment that ever worked was taking away his social interactions. It didn't matter. You could take stuff away. He didn't care. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't let him go interact with a big group of, of buddies and friends, okay, well, now now you've got leverage as a parent. <laughs> You know, right. Um, and now I look at him as an entrepreneur. I look at him as a business owner and he's got skills that I just don't have. They're, it's just not in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not reticent to promote himself. I would rather be, I would rather have my eyes poked out than try to promote myself. Yeah. Than I, self-promote. I just, it just doesn't feel good to me. Uh, as a result, I learned as a young man, as a business guy, that zero to 60, that startup game, because I had opportunities there. Well, I knew myself well enough to know, not my strength, mm-hmm. not my strength. Now, if you've got a business that's going 60 miles an hour and you want to go to 200, I'm your guy. And that's, that's where I lived. That was the sweet spot for my whole career is trying to take somebody, a company, an organization from here to here. Mm-hmm. in sales and revenues and, and whatever, but to get it off the ground, the, you know, the, the extroversion that it appeared to me that you need the, the promotion that you need, the marketing savvy that I just don't have it. I do not have it. And I'm proud that he does, but it's that kind of recognition that I think we're talking about. It's not about, pardon the phrase, but it's not about, I know we live in this culture, this F you culture. I'm going to be me and I'm going to, that is not what we're talking about. We're not talking because that's colossally selfish and self-centered that I'm going to be what I'm going to be. And you just better be good with it. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. That's not serve anybody. Well, no, that's not what we're talking about. That is just self-centered and that's destructive. And who wants to be around that? Nobody. Nobody well, you, you know, that. you would think that it's the only way to go, though. I mean, if you pay attention to modern culture, that is, I mean, from the caps and the T-shirts and the memes and the social media posts that just bombard us with that's My fear is that when people listen to us, if we don't explain it, they're liable to think, yeah, yeah, I, I need to I need to be me. I need to do me. And I don't care what you, what you think. Listen, the people that surround you, that love you and that care for you and that want the very best for you, if your attitude is F you to those people, you are missing the boat. You are absolutely missing the boat and you're doing a disservice to yourself and and to them. And there's plenty of people that are out there doing that and thinking that that's the path forward. What we're talking about, to me, is summed up in the phrase self-awareness. Can you get so in touch with yourself that you understand, like I just explained the difference between myself and my son, 
he is a completely different bird than me. For instance, he has no difficulty asking for help, asking for somebody to do something for him. So crazy hard for me. I remember you and I having the conversation, your strengths become your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. For me, empathy is off the charts. If there were an empathy gauge, I would peg, I would peg the meter. Mm-hmm. Problem. I love being the guy to help. I hate being the guy asking for help because mm-hmm. for me, it feels like I'm imposing and I hate to impose on people. Yeah. I, I, nothing. There is literally nothing that irks me more than imposing on people. And I people just love to help. I just want, I just want <laughs> see Rhonda tells me that they want but, to help you. Cause you're the one helping them all the yeah, time. True, so true story. So here we are on the holidays. And here, Lord willing, in a, in a few weeks, uh, today's December 21st. If you're watching this the day that we release this, clearly we're not recording it. We're listening. Yeah, exactly. We're listening. <laughs> but we've got some friends and they've got some short-term rental properties in a place that we love. And so they offered, they offered to let us stay basically free of charge. I didn't want to do it. I just did. It just didn't feel right to me. And Rhonda's like, you need to you need to let them do it. That's that's my example of okay, lean into who you are. But now I've got this other person, this wife of forty five years coming up on, who's advising me. No, you can be a better version of yourself, and she's right. I can. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't mean that's going to be my default behavior doesn't mean I'm going to start taking advantage of people. And I'm not accusing my son of taking advantage of people. He just does not have a problem making a phone call saying, Hey, um, I need to put, I need to change the brakes on my, on my car. Would you help me? I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You could offer me a check for, okay. I might do it for a million dollars, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's just not who I am. Right. And I'm not going to change that. And I know, and Rhonda knows I'm not going to change that, but it doesn't mean that in this moment, I can't let somebody do something for us that they genuinely want to do. And of course she knew how to, she knew how to sell it. She said the value that you get, the good feeling that you get when somebody calls you knowing that you can do something for them. And so really, um, why, why would you deprive them of that? Okay. Well, Case in point, right? Point made. Point yeah. made. Yeah. Check mark. Yeah. Check mark for Rhonda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, and it's it's as we talk about this just generally, it's um when you you, you lean into who you are. Um, but I, I think as we talk about the quote, it says, you know, the beautiful you. I think that lends to the it's being it's being the best version of that, right? Not a negative version. That's but right. really leaning into those traits that are beautiful for you um, and then managing the ones that maybe need work to make them better, but just not trying to mimic somebody else because mimicking somebody else is just a really bad place to be because you're trying to fulfill in yourself something that you are not naturally created to be. You are not that person, Right. But you can you can carry on the traits. You can develop the traits that you appreciate and value in people. Um, 
And I go, you know, I always say surround yourself. You and I have believed in this, Randy, surround yourself with people that make you become a better version. I, I think you and I have talked about it. I don't have 9 million friends that I'm going out with every week. We have a selective, like three, you know, three, three, uh, our, our good friend that's a police officer in Carrollton that we've hunted with for years, faithful friend, great balance for Dawn, um, you know, and just bring, you know, bring, you know, Brandon, our son, Haley, our, our daughter and Donnie, they all have unique gifts and spirit that each of them brings something that makes us better to the table. And, um, I, you know, I always, Don and I always laugh because he'll want to do something. I'm like, you and I cannot work as, as we speak, here he comes. But, uh, you know, we always know we, we can't really work together well. But when he, I remember when my son, Brandon, who's young, but he's wise and we were, I was trying to do something. I said, how do you and dad has never get in a fight when you're working together. And with me, I'm just instantly ticked off, you know, and, and Brandon's like, uh, mom, you asked too many questions. And I'm like, I'm just trying to understand. He goes, exactly. We don't want you to understand. We want you to sit quietly. Right, and if I say, get it. a wrench, just give me a wrench. Right. And, and Brandon goes, you know, if I see that the five steps he's going to take in the future are not going to work, just let him take the steps in his mind that he thinks are going to work. And if they work great. And if they don't, guess what? I'll say, Hey dad, have you thought about this? Or have you mm. thought about that? Don's walking by going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ears are burning. He just, Don said, I'm fired. Yeah. But anyway, you know, but it's those things that you want people to bring out the best in you. You want people around you that recognize your, like we talked about the quote, recognize your quirks, recognize those imperfections and they value them. Not because what you don't have, but because what you do bring, what you do have that maybe makes them better too. Well, and, at the very least, you know, they extend you some grace because we all need it. Yeah. Well, we're not, none of us are perfect. Can you imagine what a boring world this would be if there was 15 of the same person? Don would say, Don would say, if, if there's 15 of me, that's going to be exhausting for 15 other people. <laughs> he used right. to work really hard. Yeah, including him. <laughs> With my memory, you know, it's we always laugh about, but a good example, you talked about marriage and marriage. You know, um, most people say I'm pretty easygoing. You know, those are the things that they see, but what they don't see, it's not got a memory that's horrible. I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. We'll have conversations and, and I'll ask a question. Don's like, we literally just talked about that for almost 10 minutes. Do you? And I'm like, did we? <laughs> I guess I wasn't listening fully, but he'll walk behind me at night and go, babe, here's your phone. Here's your charging cable. Cause I'm going to bed. Yeah. Didn't you want water? Did you want the cookies by the nightstand? You know, yeah. and he'll just follow me and plugs everything in and just yeah. smiles and does his thing. But that's, it's people that accept those pieces of you that aren't perfect. And they, he makes me better. Right. And that's the people we want to, we want to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Well, that's and with I leadership, think I think uh, with leadership, I think one of the big, big issues is the, the notion, look at whoever your leadership heroes are mm -hmm. and believing that that's who you need to be. That's right. There's a million ways to do this. That's right. You and I are not sitting here saying this is the way that you need to do it. I can tell you that we are not proponents of tyranny, but I will be the first to tell you in some instances, tyranny works. Mm -hmm. It produces results and it gets high performance. 
it could be argued, does it last? I don't know. I've never practiced tyranny and I'm not going to start, but I'm, I'm wise enough and I'm experienced enough to know that, you know, the seemingly out of control tyrant in some situations works the command and control freak sometimes works. I think that we have pointed out the leadership ingredients. We believe in those we have found through time and our own Uh experience, they work and they work no matter what your personality type is. They work no matter what your, your individual style might be Uh because people respond to those things. And they also happen to be things. They also happen to be ingredients that are not only good for us as practitioners of those things, but they work for the people that we're serving. And as leaders, they also, they also work in helping those people become inspired to incorporate those same traits in their own life. You know, and you talked about things like tyranny and things, um, that work, but the the difference is we don't want to be in a situation that works a little bit, but creates a horrible environment, right? Our goal as leaders is trying to create a well-rounded environment where people want to work, want to stay and want to become part of it not live there in misery until they can get something else. Well, which is why we lean into these ingredients because tyranny, tyranny, while it may work, tyranny also fosters and breeds, guess what? More tyranny, right? Uh, the, The tyrant who's going to lose the throne typically is going to lose it to another tyrant. Right. Exactly. Who could practice tyranny better than they could. Okay. Well, so that's a broken model. In my opinion, that's a broken model, but for us to believe that, okay, you need to be this quiet, introspective yeah. kind of a leader. Maybe that's your personality type. Maybe your personality type is more boisterous, is more, you know, is more out there, is more in your face kind of a thing. So when I was telling Lisa, just lean into who you are, I do believe, based on my experience and my insights, we have to lean into our default behaviors. My default behavior is compassion and empathy. They're just, I don't think about them. They just come easily. They are natural default behaviors. Mm -hmm. My opposition to calling people or imposing on people or seeking help. That's my default. That, that just feels good to me. I don't have to work at it. It doesn't mean that to Rhonda's point, I shouldn't work at accepting help and letting other people do things for me. Does that mean that that's now going to, I'm going to shift my whole personality and I'm going to start doing that on a regular basis. I can promise you, it does not mean that it means that I'm going to work this time. So Lord willing here in a, here in a week or two, I I will be letting these friends do this for us. Uh And I still don't feel good about it. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just who you are. Yeah. That's who I am. And so that's what I mean. Be, be more, be more who you are. Right. Come on. It all starts with being a good human. We're, we're absolutely advocating be a good human, but that's what the leadership recipe Mm -hmm. is, is all about. Mm -hmm. To me, it still goes back to, okay, can you have an awareness of knowing who you are? And now can you leverage those strengths so that you can be a better leader and you can help other people? Can you minimize or can you mitigate whatever weaknesses you may have? Lord knows I got a bunch to mitigate, Mm -hmm. but can you keep those from being problematic? 
because well, if those get in your way, then we've got a problem and you need, you've got to at least get command of them enough so they're not problematic. You know, it's, and it's so important as we're talking about this, we have talked about mentorship. We've talked about coaches in the past. I, for those of you listening, it is so important. You have somebody that you respect and value in, in areas that can give you wisdom and guidance uh, and and not just pick anybody. I mean, it could be a, I guess it could be a friend. It could be somebody else. But when you're talking leadership, really, it doesn't hurt to ask somebody, can can they serve as a mentor or can they serve as a, a coach for you? We've talked about the difference in those two roles to help you because they need to have honesty. They need to share. You've heard Randy and I talk a lot about it in our spouses and in each other where you recognize and they will challenge you uh, in your thinking. I think that's so important. And when you're leaning into yourself to see some of these traits that Randy's talked about, to see the areas that you can grow and improve and stretch, that you have somebody challenging you with your thinking that aren't always just pushing the like button on Facebook for everything you say and do when really there's a moment that they should say, well, let's talk about what, why did you choose that? Why did you choose to do it that way? What could you have done differently that it would have turned out better? I mean, to really, you know, Randy, we've called it triage. Yeah. You can either triage. Um, and I'm, well, you need to triage and that's a conversation for another day, but you need to triage and you need to postmortem. Yeah. I'm a big fan of triaging everything and postmorteming everything. That that's is not. let's look at it before we, we do something. And now that we did something, let's, Okay. How'd that work out? That's right. And what did we learn from it? Was there anything right. that your team did? So in the course of your leaning into, is there any feedback that you got from your team that was, that was vital at, at that particular time? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we've shared this uh, previously, but listeners may not, we've got a lot of episodes. They might've gotten to that one yet. For me, the, the biggest aha moment, there was a couple things and it's interesting because I, I'm fortunate to have a husband that listens uh, to my day and is genuinely interested. Um, so I, I got feedback both from him and from the team, as I shared with him what the team said. From a team standpoint, they were really wanting more team spirit and team camaraderie. Um, I My natural style, as I call it, is, to, is a workhorse. You know, I come in, I want to get things done that I've been challenged with by my leadership. Knock out that to-do list. Yeah, that the team wants to get done. I have a master list of everything on the plate of every team member, um, including myself. And I want to tick through those suckers and get them moved off the list and do them well. Not just to do them to do them, but to do them well. Um, The the challenge is they said, I think we're missing out because we don't know each other. We've been together a long time, Mm -hmm. but we really don't know each other, you know, other than your spouse's name. Um, So... And, and some of the things, you know, they wanted to do, it was just, how, how do we get to know each other more just so we can invest in each other more? Um, as I talked to Don about that, so I really thought with our leadership team, we had a strategy session at the time it was Todd and um, Tasha. Um, I did one in the past with Ashley and some and my other leadership team and saying, okay, what do we need to change and mold to, to try to make this better? But specifically with Todd and Tasha, we sat down and tried to think through, okay, how do we make a better team that appreciates? Because it's so easy for us to judge, 
to, to say they don't have X. I wish they had X, but you know what? I said, let's stop looking at what they don't have and let's focus on what they do bring to the table and lean into those qualities. So if they brought creativity, we made them in charge of coming up with ideas of how do we creatively, visibly see a team. If they were a taskmaster, you know, Uriah on our team, who's now our HR manager, came in as an intern at one point, left, came back as an advisor, and now as our HR manager, man, she is a workhorse. She can mark off a to-do list like nobody's business, organize, plan out the details. So guess what? We put her over committees because she can she can get a committee together, keep things moving and do things new and creatively. Uh, Arcelia on our team, amazing, kind soul, uh, just compassionate, always smiling. She's got great ideas. She brings the kindness, you know, that when I'm, I'm trying to do something thoughtful, what what can we do? She has amazing ideas. So each person brings a unique trait. Um, that's what we started leaning into. And I, and I had to figure out ways to do the team and to get people talking, especially during COVID when all of this was happening and we're right. not even in the office together. I come home and talk to Don about, you know, gosh, the team needs this. And I'm a natural to-do list task kind of person. I'd rather just come in at the end of the day and work in my office and leave. And I remember Don saying, do you have a conversation starter? I'm like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he goes, well, you need something in your office that people can gather and, and take something and it starts a conversation. And he goes, you love gumballs. Why don't you have a gumball dish and just have them? Everybody loves gum, you know? And so sure enough, I'm like, it's a great idea. So he orders me because Don has to go big or go home mm -hmm. a box from Amazon of like, I bet it had a thousand gumballs in it, <laughs> like the bulk, you know, yeah. that would feed that would feed like Ford company for a year. Right. Um, so he brings this humongous and, and I had a, this really unique dish that I had gotten from Iowa at a trade show, or like a little, what do you call it? Like a flea market kind of thing. Yeah. It was a little, one of those really cute quaint and they made this bowl. They made, and you can get your colors and it's a beautiful little bowl. So anyway, I put them in there. Sure enough. He's like, you just need a conversation starter. When they come in, say, hey, how you doing? What's going on today? You know, and and sure enough, as people came in, I just start chatting with them. What'd you do over the weekend? Or you and your husband got plans this weekend? Or are you going out with your partner or whatever? And it was an amazing transformation from people just listening and wanting to make you a better ver version of yourself. They didn't want me to become different, but I am a genuine soul and I'm genuinely interested in them. So, you know, Don and my team are, why don't we do stuff around that? You know how to ask the questions of us. And so the other thing we did is we had this uh, big, big, huge, beautiful sticker that was a tree that kind of starts here and all the branches come out and have these little spirals off of them. And then we put a team quote underneath it and we put little command strips and each of us build a frame. Mm -hmm. And in that frame, we, we, each month at our Thoughtful Thursday, we Okay, today's topic is your favorite concert you ever went to, or if you haven't been to one, which you would like to go to. Right. And we just talk about that. And you start quickly learning, okay, that person loves old classic rock. Mm -hmm. That person loves this. Christmas, we did an ornament exchange and hung those on the command strip, you know? So we went through this, and that lasted about a year and a half. Each month, we did something different with our frames or with our um, command strips, and people would go look at the tree mm -hmm. and try to guess, you know, oh, I wonder who's, I wonder. That must be Lisa's. It's all camo, you know? Right. 
So it was just ways that was my journey where I learned the most is really it's about the team. And sometimes you lose focus in the chaos. But to be uh, fair, those weren't those, these activities were activities that man, you, you leaned hard into those things. I don't want, I don't want people to misunderstand. That's who you were. I was just buried. Well, I mean, I, it, I don't think it was so much. I, she described herself when we first met, she described herself as a task master. Which you then said, what, Randy? Lose that term. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I asked her <laughs> don't to let def- that define you. I asked her to define it because you say task master to me. Now, it could be generational. I don't know. I'm old school. But a, a taskmaster is somebody who is a stern, disciplinary, do it my way or the highway. That's a taskmaster. That's not how Lisa was meaning it. Because when I said, well, define that for me, she defined it as she really likes to get her to-do list, and she enjoys knocking that out. And the quicker, the better. She wants to do a good job, like she just said. But so she's defining that as a taskmaster big problem. She's communicating that to her boss constantly. She's calling herself a taskmaster. So guess what? Guess what your boss is going to think? Okay. Well, she's a taskmaster. Okay. Now, whether the boss clearly understands exactly what Lisa's talking about, I don't know, you know, that you know, we'd have to ask them, Right. but it was okay. You like doing that. You're looking at a guy who I never create a to-do list because see my personality, my personality type is the time that I could take to create the list. I could knock three things off the list. Yeah. And unlike you, you know, you talk about your memory, you know? Yeah. And if I don't have it on the list, it doesn't get done. Cause I forget it was asked. I immediately am able to prioritize and figure out, okay, that needs to be, this has got a time component. I'm going to knock that out. And so I just knock it out. Now I calendar everything. Mm-hmm. I'm fanatical about calendars and I'm fanatical about subject line on emails. Nothing drives me crazier than people who you got this email string and it's got the original lo- subject line that was from like a month ago. Mm-hmm. That has no relevance. People just keep responding that to has it. no relevance on the com- right. you know, and I'm like, Listen, if you can just make the subject line, if I can read the subject line and know what I'm supposed to do, right? I don't care if the body of the email is blank. That's yeah, cool. Exactly. You know, man, give me a great subject line. So there's your news flash. If you're not creating great subject lines and you want to dazzle people on your team and your boss, man, be the master of great subject lines in your email. But to the point, so that she's looking at herself as that default behavior. Let me tell you, nobody, I've not met anybody who's, who's a bigger rock star than Lisa when it comes to the team building kind of a stuff. See, I'm, I'm not that great at that. That that's not my, that is not my go-to move. I'm better at, at more private, deeper conversations, mm-hmm. smaller group kind of conversations, but some of the stuff that I annoyingly can describe as kumbaya ish stuff. Lisa's great at that stuff. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing the value of that stuff. I, I need to get better at it. 
Don't just surround yourself with people that are good at it. That's well, but you, but you, but you leaned into that aspect. It's not like you went from being this person who all you thought about was a to-do list to, you know, to suddenly being this hardcore people person, you were, you were a hardcore people person to begin with. Well, you, just, you just began to give that more, in my opinion, you began to give that more priority. You, you bumped that up and you gave that equal weight to, it's not just the to-do list. It was just the to-do list. Now it's the to-do list, but we got all these people knocking these to-do lists out. Yeah. And, and I think the challenge here is that when you say, you know, I'm a people person, there's a fine balance and I, I, I want to help the listeners understand this is what we talk about when you're leaning into yourself. I am just fine coming to work, helping my team succeed for the day and going home to my family. I do not have to be surrounded by people all the time. I do not have to be, you do not have to, um, I'm not expecting a bunch of applause and thank yous and things like that. But I do, I do value being appreciated and valued right in moments. I don't have to be stroked all the time. I do want my team to be happy because I want to serve them well and our customers well. But to invest the energy and time into them, I want everybody to understand that's the part I had to tweak because I want a good team who doesn't want a really good team that is happy to be there and wants to be there every day. But I had to recognize what they were asking from me. I had to step up and do differently. And that's where I talk about tweaking. That takes energy and effort to do that. It's not that I don't want to. I just had to make it a bigger priority because that's what the team wanted for their success. And so um, that's, but that's why so I important. say, is it, that's why I say, is it, is it fair? Is it fair to say you just saw the to-do list as more important than that other part? It wasn't that you didn't want to do the other part, but once you, once the epiphany came, Mm -hmm. And you recognize, you know what, that's got as much strength, if not more than just the to-do list. You, you leaned hard into that. Well, and I didn't forget it. It became part of the to-do. I mean, honestly, yeah. I just, I just made it more visible that teamwork. Um, okay. These thoughtful Thursdays, I need to focus on them knowing more about each other and activities during the work week that allow for that to allow us to invest in others, because it's not, I also didn't want to make it all about where I'm the only responsible party for teamwork. Right. I had to create a culture that it doesn't just come from the top. We need to find ways that we, our team can recognize one another either privately or publicly. Um, and I had to create tools around that where it does, it's not just an expectation at the top. Right. We had to create yep. that within a team. And so those and that takes work and effort. I mean, I, I worked on that aspect of it pro probably over a year to continue tweaking. And then I met with the team again saying, OK, we've been doing this a while. Uh, they absolutely loved it. But there was parts like the tree. After we moved to our new building, I said, do you guys still want me to do a new tree? And they're like, no, let's try something new. And we went back to simple. I call it basics. I ordered um, like six or eight. I can't remember how many big canvas were just words on teamwork, perseverance, mm -hmm. right? Um, investing in one another. You know, it just had words. And as they walk down the hallway, they just kind of study them. And we try to invest in those now. Um, so it's just, it needs to be unique and different and ever changing. 
You can't just do one thing and again, mark it off the to-do list as complete because you've got to evolve with your staff and with your team and with their needs to make sure, um, again, you're leaning into, you know, I love teaching and training. I'm leaning into those things, but benefiting the team overall by teaching them and training them so they can be their best version of themselves. And it's all about giving back. All right. I'm going to wrap up my part with a couple of, a couple of takeaways, and then you can, you can close us out with your own observations. Uh, for me, number one, growth is hard work. If you are expecting as a leader or an emerging leader or a wannabe leader, if you are expecting your own growth to be easy, then get over yourself because it's not going to be easy. So when we're talking about lean more into who you are, it, you would think, well, okay, well, that's, that, that just ought to be slick, smooth, and easy. No, that's really hard work. And the reason it's hard work from my observations and experience in my own life is the self-awareness is to, to really know yourself and to be comfortable with it. I could sit here and I could push back and I could resist. And Lord knows I did for many years, but later in life, as I, as I turned into an old man, I got more comfortable, you know, with who I am. And I just figured, you know, it's, it's the age old thing soar with your strengths. That's right. Your kid comes home with a D in chemistry, but A's and B's and everything else. And as a parent, you can just dog them because of that D what are you doing? You need to study harder newsflash. Maybe chemistry is not their thing. Mm -hmm. You can't make a fish climb a tree. You can try, you can try, but it could be that language and speech and English, my hands in the air. Those were strong suits for me as a kid. Those were easy. Every speech class was easy. Every English class was easy. I'm not a genius in those things, but I'm more, I'm just more wired for those things than I am hard science. Um, so growth is hard and it's going to be hard and you're going to have to put in the work. And if you're not willing to put in the work to lean more into being who you are, then you're, you're not going to get there, which dovetails into the, really the second point, which may be the overarching thing for me and Lisa's heard it forever. The ideal outcome. What is your ideal outcome for yourself? There is this gap between what you know and what you're doing. Close that gap. Don't sit there and get too wrapped up with, well, I need to learn this. And I need, listen, if we're all waiting to take action for our own personal growth to what we don't know, there's always something that we don't know. We'll never take action. Right. So, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to your team. Don't do that to the people that love you. Go ahead and do what you know you should be doing, but you're not doing it. Figure out what's in the way. Why aren't you going ahead and moving forward with these things that you already know you ought to be doing? I mean, I'll use, I'll use diet fitness as an illustration for myself. So in the last year, I dropped 16 pounds. I just had a physical. I go in, you know, and I'm wanting, man, I'm wanting some kudos from this doctor who, you know, bust my chops every time, every year that I go. And he's like, how'd you do it? And I said, you know, intermittent fasting. 
And for those of you who don't know, you can Google it. I won't go into it. But so between six o'clock in the morning and noon, I'm consuming all my calories. Very rarely am I going to go past noon. So after the, so that means six hours, call it six hours on. Now I'm not eating continuously for six hours, but all the calorie intake is from six to 12. And then, so from 12 until from noon until six the next morning, I'm not eating anything and it, and it works. Well, I knew, I knew myself, I can do that. Rhonda, there's no way she'd be in a perpetual headache, mm-hmm. but I can do that. And it's not hard for me. So I just took a look at the way I'm naturally kind of wired and the way that I knew my body kind of naturally reacts. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to find something that I know I can do mm-hmm. that won't, that won't, it won't be difficult. I won't be starving all the time. I won't be, and it's fine. And the results spoke for themselves. They weren't that, they weren't that hard. And by the way, I didn't do it over the course of the year. This happened over the course of three months, maybe. I mean, I knew I had the physical coming. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to face this again. I'm going to do something (laughs) about this. So what do you know? What do you know would work for you? But you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, start doing it. Just start. Just start. It doesn't have to be perfect and you can tweak it and you can morph it. And oh, by the way, last, last notion, you can change your mind, right? You can change your mind on your ideal outcome. Uh, Lisa and I both have got kind of some personal things and they involve houses and land and real estate. And we, we've both changed our mind a number of times through the course of these things. Right. And it doesn't have to be plan a. This whole notion of burn the boats, plan A, go all in on plan A. No, listen, it might be plan M. It might be plan Y that really works for you. Go ahead, get plan A going. Test it, try it, do it. Doesn't work? Okay, come up with plan B. You know, keep pushing forward. Those are my takeaways. In addition to what Randy said, you know, I would tell you, like I mentioned earlier, when you lean into yourself and lean into who you are, be true to that, but also surround yourself with somebody, a mentor, somebody that's going to have honesty to share with you that, that is positive, um, but gives you realistic feedback to, you know, what are you doing and why are you doing it to, what did you do? What you say you want to be better? What, what actions are you taking? They hold you accountable. Um, that would and don't be, be depressed if that's hard to find, by the way. That's right. Yeah. I'm the guy who I'm the guy who many years ago, I sent an email out to close, close friends. And I said, when you think of me, what do you think of? That's right. I got one response. Yeah. And the person said, (laughs) I really don't know how to respond. Right. So I got no help. And now these are close, close friends. And I'm like, really? That's right. Yep. So, you know, I would say that I would, um, just like the quote said, just be yourself. Let people see the real, imperfect, flawed, quirky, weird, beautiful, magical person that you are. Uh, just, just be you and do you well. Be open to tweak and and change that benefits you and benefits the team. That's for the good of those you are serving. Uh, that's I would believe would be important. And then, you know, really. Listen, um, listen, when you get some advice and you get some feedback, if you're one that just says, no, no, that's not me, but somebody's telling you what they believe you are and they're somebody you trust, 
I think there there's credit to that, that you have to listen to, to become better. If you're not willing to get feedback and do something about it, then quit asking, you know, um, the, the last thing I'd leave you with is, you know, one of the things we're doing on a leadership team that you can also consider, we're about to do a 360. I told our leadership team, mm-hmm. we've all been rolled now over a year. Let's go listen to those around us on our communication styles, on how we are serving others or how we are serving our customers, our vendors, uh, the up, out, and down about 360, which is what truly it is. And let's hear what people say and see what else we need to do to become better versions of ourselves. So listen to those around you, find somebody that will give you honest, open feedback and do something about it. That's what I'd leave you with today. The name of the website, the name of the podcast is Grow Great. So it's all about growth. And to our point, it's it's work. It's hard work. Every day as leaders and bosses, we're, we're asking our people to get better. We just are. It's the nature of the beast. It's hypocritical if we're not willing to look in the mirror and put in that work for ourselves. And oh, by the way, the work that you put in for yourself, you can absolutely expect Maybe not everybody, but you can expect some, especially the rock stars on your team. You can expect them to emulate the behavior that they're observing in you. If you don't think Lisa's team knew that she was putting in the work to improve herself, you're crazy. They all saw it. They all saw it. They all recognized it. And whether they agreed with her or not, they all had some degree of respect for it. Did they all respond positively? They did not. She had people on her team then that they're not on her team now. Mm-hmm. So the team grew, she grew. And I would say that because she led the parade doing that work for herself, it wasn't all self-centered. It wasn't all selfish, but she's only in charge of what she can do just like you are. And just like I am, it's our life. And this is up to us to change it. She did the work. They saw it and recognized it. And I could see from a safe distance, I could see that they were putting in, they started putting in the work for themselves and for the team because she led the way. Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com. Thank you.